Hello and welcome back back to Best Sellers. sellers. <laughs> ASMR. So guys, I'm Maddie. <laughs> and I'm Tyler. And, and guys, guys, we have been missing for a few weeks. We have been missing. We have been found. The police did a great job. Which is rare. Which is rare, especially in Los Angeles. Because we're two white girls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we're bisexual. Yeah. So, so there's this diversity. It's bad for us if we let two white bisexuals Two queers in Los Angeles. Oh, no. Unacceptable. Um, this is weird looking at you. I know. Staring deep into your beautiful brown eyes. Thank you. We could also look at the computer. No. That's direct eye contact the mm-hmm. entire podcast. Because... Where are we today, Tyler? Great segue. So, guys, here's a quick update from the past few weeks. I sold all my things and went to Europe for two months. Last few weeks. <laughs> last few months. The last time we recorded... It's like May. And our last day in the pod closet, I think it was May. Yeah, and you wouldn't know because we timed this almost perfectly. <laughs> almost perfectly with a few weeks lapse. We were so close to doing it so that there was no gaps for our one fan. Um <laughs> Shout out to Lewis. <laughs> but, but here we are. Here we so are. I went on my little grand tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I was double dumped. I moved into a new <laughs> place. And we are now in a new location, which is my cave. Yeah. I am in a basement apartment in Silver Lake. And we're testing out we're testing out the new location. Yeah. There are some quirks to this one too. Mm-hmm. The chairs squeak. So you might hear some of that. Mm-hmm. We have both of the dogs here with no door between us. Yeah. Um, and and as Maddie... Being very quiet. For now. For now. And as Maddie mentioned, we're staring directly into each other's eyes. <laughs> so there's a lot... Of, <laughs> but also kind of romantic. <laughs> we have to hold hands over the course of the podcast. We do have to hold hands. Oh, it's, already, it's already sweaty. It's already I know. Sweaty. My hands get sweaty. clammy. Are your hands clammy? My hands no. are. In college, my hands would get so clammy just in general that mm-hmm. my friends had a nickname for me and it was Clamler. <laughs> So, and I had, I had to beg them to not use that word. Okay. So to answer your question. You know I'm going to use, that was really brave of you to tell me because you know I'm going to call you Clamler all the time now. Anyway, shall we go to the, the book? We could talk about the book. Well, first. I'll talk about the wine. What are we drinking? What we're drinking today is, um, it's not from one of our favorite little local wine stores. Well, I guess it is, if you consider Trader Joe's one of your favorite little local <laughs> wine stores. Wine this is a wine we would always get at work, <laughs> which sounds crazy, but if you work which, in entertainment, you're okay. always drinking at work. Is it, uh, is it cheap? Is that why? It's like <laughs> middle of the road. Okay. And so we'd always get it for like happy hours on Friday, but um, anyway. Okay. So, well, the way that we're doing it this week, because Maddie bought the wine and uh-huh. she did not show it to me beforehand, mm-hmm. is I have to guess why she chose this wine. So yes. I'll describe it. Okay. All right. It is 2021 Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. It's called Decoy. Mm-hmm. There's a picture. <laughs> there's a there's a duck on it. Yes. It's got a colorful wing. Do you see me longingly looking at the duck, I hoping do. for inspiration? This is why it's nice to be across from. <laughs> okay. For, I'm going to make my first guess, which is okay. that Decoy, which mm-hmm. is the name of the wine, could like maybe be a term in video games. Like no, you have a, you're thinking too hard. Oh my god, <laughs> duck. The book is called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. It's by Gabrielle Zevin. Do you want a hint? Yeah. Okay, you know the long 
kind of metaphorical passage, maybe 75% through the book. Where they are in the video game. Where someone is dying. Oh! And it's a whole thing. Um, is it related to the Tamer Forces? Or like, um... I don't know. It's just because he's a bird in the thing when he's dying. Oh, that's <laughs> right! Shot. I forgot about that passage. And then he explodes into feathers. I also oh my have God. forgotten about it. You know, <laughs> that's a good reference. Thank you. <laughs> we'll get to it, but... Yeah. I think All I did right. a good job. I think you did a great job. Now, cheers. <laughs> cheers to that. So the book that we're reading... Related to the wine yeah, is yes. Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. You heard of it, I'm sure. It was Amazon's best book for 2022. It was so. many people's best book, I believe. Yes. Uh, it was all over book talk, which is why I thought I probably wouldn't like it. Well, right, because those are usually like weird fantasy things. Yeah, or like... I'm just not into. And they, I think people... It was being marketed kind of as a romance, which I like. Yeah. But that's, it was not at all what I was expecting. That's and I, when I heard like kind of a romance about gamers, I thought, oh, mm. yeah. <laughs> no, but they, yeah. They did a good job though. Cause it was also oh, a period so setting. It was what? Nineties or it starts in the nineties. Starts in the nineties um, or starts in the, okay. yeah. starts in the early nineties, I believe when mm-hmm. they're 11 and then it ends in 2012 and they're like in their yeah. late thirties or something. Um, math. But I, I would say. This is perhaps my favorite book we've read on the pod. Favorite that I hadn't already read. All right. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about the basics. Okay. So basically, basically the book follows three best friends, uh, a guy named Sam Mazer, a girl named Sadie Green, Mm -hmm. and then they're producing kind of third friend, the third (laughs) wheel. Um, Mark's, Watanabe. Watanabe. Um, and they are students in Harvard, and they are working together. Two to, of them are. Two. One is a MIT student. Oh, yeah. I forgot mm-hmm. about that. They all live in Boston, mm-hmm. um, but in the area. Uh, and so they all work together to build a game studio. They start building games together, and they become really popular, and then they launch this game studio and build more games. But it's really about the friendship between mm-hmm. all three of them and how they evolve mm-hmm. over the course of however many years there are. Yeah. There it is. That's a very good description. Did I do a good job? Very I, good. It, I do have a longer summary, but... Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's good. They good. meet... Um, Sam and Sadie meet when they're 11 in a hospital. He's there because he had a like traumatic leg injury, an accident that also killed his mom. She's there because her sister has cancer. Anyway, they have a falling out, meet again years later when they're in college, make their first game, and then it kind of starts a, a lifelong like partnership and friendship and... Um, and Marx is also a key character. Yeah. So I'm just saying a worse version of what you said. <laughs> no, that was good. That was actually most of my summary. The only thing I would add uh, is that they move from Boston to Los Angeles mm-hmm. in the book, which I only found really interesting because I felt like the book was written for me. I know. As yeah. someone who's like from Boston and then I moved to Los Angeles. And even the main character at one point lives in Silver Lake. And it's I like know. talking about all the hills that he has to like yeah. learn how to walk up. And I'm experiencing and that right now. And she lives in Clown Arena. Is it, it you know with the clown, clown CVS thing. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, clown, yeah. C- the clown ballerina CVS, mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. famous site in uh, Venice. And I was like, or Santa Monica, yeah. like between them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was like, wow, I've never heard anyone talk about Clown Arena, like, (laughs) you know, in a public platform before. Well, and what was super funny is I actually learned the name of the neighborhood that I'm living in right now from this book because he mentions it. The name Silver Lake? No. (laughs) No. Oh. There's a specific, Silver Lake is broken up into like little pods. Okay. This section of Silver Lake is called Hafo Sappho. I didn't know that. Do you remember why? No. So in the book, you can see it. You'll see it when you leave today. There's a a sign right up the road that is now, it's now like covered in like papers or whatever, but it used to be a sign that was the happy foot, sad foot sign. Oh it, yeah. I know happy foot, sad foot. Yeah. So that sign has now been erased, but this little area up Benton oh. is called the Afosafo area for happy foot, sad foot. Oh my God. I forgot about that. Cause I, I miss happy foot, sad foot. I ain't never went. I mean, I never went. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it was like a foot clinic. When did it shut down? Like when did the sign get taken down? After we moved here, I think. Mm. Cause I remember the first time I ever visited seeing it and being like, Whoa, but it was, I love all the specific, um, things they mention. I assume about Boston, but also about yeah. LA because there were, <laughs> this book reminded me, um, they mentioned at one point, like all, just all the stuff you can do in LA and mentioned the museum of death. And then after I read this book, I was like, Oh yeah, I wanted to go see that. When I tell you, I highlighted that passage and made a oh note to myself that was like, LA to-do list. Don't go there. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. Why? I think it, it is run by some kind of cult and I researched it and I kind of forgot what it was, but I always thought it was kind of just like a weird kitschy museum or no, not museum of death. Don't go to, really don't go to that one. <laughs> that one out. is crazy and is run by a cult. And I think it might be Scientology, but it's horrific. Don't go to that one. Um, the, Museum of Jurassic Technology. Okay, somebody highly recommended that no, museum to me this week. Don't. Why? It's weird. I felt very unsettled when I went. I took my friend Kelly and... Did you go because you thought it was a dinosaur museum? I thought, for some reason, I had conflated it with a thing that I think used to be in LA, which was like um, like defunct technology, like mm-hmm. um, fax machines and stuff. I, I thought that was what this was. And so I was like, oh, I've been meaning to go to that. I'll finally go. And it's like $14 and it's in Culver. And so I was like, or somewhere over there. And I was like, yeah. um, oh, it's by Kelly's house. Like, let's go do that. And I immediately was like, what have I taken my friend to? Because it's very dark and very silent. And like, just everything feels a little like, what? Someone told me it was like a satire of a museum. Is that I don't, true? I was trying to figure it out and I think it's not a satire, okay. but I d- can't be sure. I just felt very unsettled. <laughs> you do get free tea mm. at the top, but the top is full of birds and Kelly's afraid of birds. So that wasn't fun okay. for her. All birds? <laughs> Big birds, balls, small birds? <laughs> I like pigeons. Just pigeons. Or doves. Why doves? They like live. It's like an apiary. Pigeons. I like them. She just doesn't like birds. So okay. She didn't like they were hopping around. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so that's some stuff about LA. <laughs> um, about the author, I thought it was interesting. I didn't know until today. This is her ninth novel. So she was saying this is kind of the most personal to her, mm-hmm. and so I think it's really cool that this is like the one that really took off do you think it's personal to her because she relates to the character of sadie who tried to make multiple games before she (laughs) found one that was like really successful she did say part of it was that like her whatever seventh or eighth novel Mm -hmm. did worse than the seventh and so she like there's kind of this 
feeling that you get when you're like, as she said, an ambitious woman, that's like, you can only, you're only supposed to go up. Mm. And so I think she kind of drew on that for the Sadie aspect of it, which was a part that I really connected to as well. I actually, there was a quote at some point in the book that talked about, there's a lot of themes about failure Mm -hmm. um, and what to do when you have had this big failure in your life and sort of how to bounce back from it. And there was some sort of quote that was like, failure is the perfect opportunity for you to come up with your next thing because no one's watching you. Mm -hmm. Like everybody has now turned another direction and you can sort of work in silence without a lot of pressure, like Mm -hmm. at least in that moment. I thought that was a really interesting perspective on it. Yeah, I really liked the sections. There's a, um, we're kind of bouncing around, but honestly, we're more together than we often are. But there was a part- hasn't kicked in yet. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Um, Sadie, it's after their- second game mm-hmm. she is like i want to do this game no one else really likes it but she's really passionate about it and then it fails mm-hmm. terribly and um i just it would like really resonated with me at the time i listened to it because i work for a company where i have to like do you know project after project and we're kind of like evaluated based on how well the projects do like with the readers and you know, I'll have like, I'll have one that does really well. And I'm like, I'm good at my job. And then I have one that totally tanks. I'm like, well, I guess that was a fluke and I'm terrible at my job. So it was kind of a really, um, yeah, it just resonated with me. The feeling of like, oh, you can go backwards, but it's not necessarily like a, um, a poor reflection on you. Right. And it also doesn't necessarily mean the thing you made was bad because right. that was the thing she was very passionate about. And was very specific to her. Yeah. And it just didn't do well. Well, and I think in the book, one subject that comes up a lot, and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on it, is they there's a lot of discussion uh, sort of subtly about what every character feels like defines success for them. Mm-hmm. Because for Sam, uh, our main sort of guy, he defines success as like, the game is doing really, really well. Or like, mm-hmm. commercially, it's selling a lot of points. Uh, points tickets so money so what? many points <laughs> so many, so many points most points of any <laughs> game redeem them all um but so he, he defines success by the by the sales of the game <laughs> yes uh versus sadie who defines it by is this game creatively fulfilling like mm-hmm. did i create something that i'm proud of mm-hmm. that like you know, was inspiring or new or different. Mm -hmm. And like, those are the two different kind of definitions Mm -hmm. that kind of clash over the course of the book. Yeah. This is, I I feel like all my, all my opinions I'm just taking from the podcast I listened to today, but um, I think it was the author who kind of said, she thinks of Sadie as needing like external validation um, for her work Mm -hmm. and where Sam is kind of like able to like, sort of build himself up because that's how he's survived like through his hard life is like having this tough shell and like not letting people in and whatever and then like Sadie has kind of needed to like needed this validation which is why she kind of accepted the um a spoiler but when they're 11 uh she hangs out with him as a volunteer project for her bat mitzvah, which is so devastating because she actually truly loves him. But then he finds out and his crush and they don't speak for years and years. That was like so well crafted. I was like, Oh, there's like nothing more heartbreaking. Well, and also partially because she's 11. Oh yeah. She's 11. So like in the book, 
I mean, she meets him at a hospital mm-hmm. and then like some nurse notices that she's talking to Sam and Sam, since his accident has been like kind of like a recluse. Mm-hmm. And so she pulls Sadie aside and is like, hey, like that kid hasn't talked to anyone but you. Yeah. So like you're special. Why don't you like keep talking to him? Maybe mm-hmm. we can get you community service out of hours yeah. out of it. And she's 11. So she's like, yeah. of course, like she doesn't yeah. see anything wrong with that. And then that derails their entire friendship when he finds yeah. out. And I think that kind of ties to like the validation thing of like, she needs to be successful. She needs to like fill, check these boxes. So other people think she's successful. And sometimes I think that hurts her like interpersonal relationships. So like, I don't know. And I think that's how she kind of gets into this relationship with Dove. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Which in the audiobook, it was pronounced hard dove. And (laughs) the author pronounces it dove or Dove. Dove? I've been dove. saying Dove. Like Dove Cameron. Anyway. Well, do we explain that relationship for okay. anybody that might not know? I thought that was a really interestingly done. Um, so Sadie, when she's in college, is kind of like a wunderkind at making video games. And she, her professor takes an interest in her um, as a student, but also sexually. And he's married, but like his family lives in Israel and but he's also like a brilliant game designer who she really admires. So they have this like relationship where he does respect her work to an extent, but he's also very dominating and um, sexually and <laughs> personally. <laughs> um, and like, definitely there's like an abuse dynamic going on there mm. and a power imbalance. Um, but then it's such an interestingly portrayed relationship. It feels very nuanced. I thought it was really well done in that it's like, I think a lot of people, when they see like an abusive dynamic, they're like, why would you stay in that? Mm. But it's often so kind of blurred, like it is in this case, where it's like, they did have a relationship for a long time. Like in some ways she really loved him. It's just complicated. Well, and he was sort of her mentor Mm -hmm. and someone she looked up to. And then he sort of gets involved in the development of the studios and of the games Mm -hmm. later on and becomes really invested. And again, like you're saying, she did get that external validation from Mm -hmm. him because she's developing all these games that start to impress him. Mm -hmm. And like, that's a big thing for her. But it's interesting they bring that up because I actually had written as one of my initial thoughts, I wrote down one thing that I really liked about this book Mm -hmm. that it did really well. Um, was creating those nuanced, complex characters. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're the main characters, Sam and Sadie. Mm-hmm. You kind of start the book thinking that they're going to be like the couple, right? right? Yeah. And like, they're going to be like the relationship that you're rooting for. Yeah. And then that's not what ends up happening. Yeah. Like, Sadie ends up with like Marks at one point, mm-hmm. and like they have all these other relationships. And by the very end, you're kind of like, well, are they? Are they going to get together? And they never really do. And it's not. I liked it. Which was so cool. Yeah. Like that's one of my, which we've talked about before on the pod, but one of my pet peeves in books is when they sort of try to force a romance that doesn't need to be there. And Um, I think sometimes it's the opposite too, where like people are like, I really want to write a book where it's like, you think they're going to get together and I don't. And I, sometimes I'm like, well, what we wanted as readers was the payoff of them getting together. Mm -hmm. But this didn't feel like that. This felt like very, a very honest portrayal of a, yeah. complicated friendship. Right. Right. You know, when they, when they're in college, like Sadie doesn't really like Mark. She kind of resents him for getting involved. Mark's is like his family is wealthier. So he's able to kind of fund their projects and he's a great sort of producer. He keeps these like kind of kooky creators on track. Um, and he is just like very lovable and hot <laughs> and like smart and uh, amazing. 
Marry me, Marx. Marry me, Marx. Which I also didn't realize it was Marx with an X, like Karl Marx, because mm-hmm. I was reading the audiobook. Oh, that's, that's like, right. Oh, plural. Marx. Um, did, you, yeah, did you think it was just like two Marks? Yeah. Marks. <laughs> it's like um, the, Fink- the Finkelvoss yes, twins. The Marks. <laughs> oh, interesting. But I really loved the him and Sadie they're like kind of slow burn beautiful romance they like really love each other and it's just so devastating when spoiler he dies bird bird um and then you even then you're like is he dying so that Sadie and Sadie yes. get together but no they don't it's just like just to rip our little hearts out yeah and I, I keep trying to like trying to find a way to define what that relationship is. And it's almost, cause it's almost like the one that got away, but then they never mm-hmm. got together. I think it's just like, to me, it felt like there are those people in your life who like, you could like definitely have been with, but it just isn't going to happen. Like, yeah. or like they already have a significant other or like, right. you know what I mean? But and so you maybe will always have like that kind of feeling, but it the just vibes. will never happen. But then you can still be a really good friend. It just as like, very, yeah. I feel like there are relationships like that. Uh, one person like review I was reading was like, I didn't like that. Cause it sh- if it was, they are friends, it should have been more definite. And I was like, I don't think it's, that's it's never that clear cut. Clear, like, yeah. Humans are complex people. Yes. Like, relationships, and they can also, relationships can evolve over time. Yes. Like that is the whole reason behind yes. friends to lovers. Friends to lovers. One of your favorite tropes. One of my favorites. Right? I didn't make that up. I think, yeah. Or enemies to lovers. Yeah, you like enemies to lovers. I think, yeah. Yep. But I I really, this is another book. I feel like there's another book where I was like, I wish you read the notebook or read, no, I mean, (laughs) I don't don't care if you read it. Seen it. Seen it. Seen it. I haven't. Um, I was almost like, we should watch it tonight and do a mini episode. But I don't think it's a good time for you to be watching the notebook. (laughs) No, maybe with my double breakup, you mean that's not a great plan? Yeah. This, I don't want a repeat of in high school, my friend Allie, shout out to Allie, if you happen to be listening. Um, she had a breakup in high school that she was very sad about and then like came to mass for a sleepover. And the movie that I selected from Blockbuster was He's Just Not That Into You. Maddie. <laughs> and then she cried and cried. And I was like, I am not emotionally equipped to deal with this. That was on you. <laughs> it was. It was on me. And I'm sorry about that. I'm I've never a mess. kissed anyone. I didn't know. I probably should have still been aware. <laughs> Do you think part of you was like a little resentful and you were like, I'm going to twist the knife. <laughs> yeah. No one's ever into me. <laughs> Not uh, you either. I, that was a mistake. So I won't make that mistake again. But he, he gave me, Mark's felt very, um, oh, what's his name? My beautiful boy. He's a beautiful man. And he's looking for something. Dum, dum, dum. Dum. Hey, baby, baby, I think I want to marry you. He was in jury duty. (laughs) One celebrity. Oh, James Marsden. (laughs) Yes. Yes. James Marsden in the notebook. Incredible character because, and I don't know how well this has aged. He's probably like a Confederate soldier. No, it doesn't take place in that. It's World War II. Um, Who are you thinking of? <laughs> well, just like there's probably some weird politics going on because it's like in the South or whatever. But um, he is a great character because he like is with uh, Allie in the Notebook for Rachel a long McAdams. time, Rachel McAdams. Okay. And you're like, 
oh, but he's just a really good guy, mm. but he's not the guy. Mm. And so it's like, at first I thought Marx was that because it's like, yeah. he is such a perfect man and you, you love him, but he's not the guy. But in a way, Sam was that. That wasn't really fully formed, but I just think you should watch the notebook. <laughs> we will watch the notebook as a mini-sode yeah. some other period of time. Just a good cultural reference. I know. It's. I feel like it's going to be a running joke in my life that I just I'm never bird, watch you're it. a bird or whatever. Is that a you thing that they say? No. No, no that's, that's, that's Titanic. Titanic. <laughs> if I'm a bird, you're a bird. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. Yeah, that's from the notebook. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, Nelly Furtado's in it. <laughs> she sings that. She's actually the star. She's Rachel McAdams only shows up for like two minutes. Yeah, it's, it's like, like Scream. scream. <laughs> Which you now know. I now know, and Same it's been coming it. up all the time. I finally watched Scream. Tyler helps me <laughs> do that. Welcome. <laughs> and it's been coming up so often. I'm like, I know things now. I'm, that's all you needed was to watch Scream, and you I understand and it was the, the world, key to the universe. And that's, for you, it will be the Notebook, <laughs> and it will be wise beyond our years. Yeah. Maybe Hocus Pocus was part of it for it's you. It's a stepping stone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You finally saw that. That was great. That was Maddie's doing. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. We talked through most of it, but we talked. I don't remember. <laughs> like, I think I remember twenty percent of that movie, and I'm okay. not upset by it. That's fine. So I like talking to you and catching up with you. Yeah, I like talking to you too. Good thing we have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Sweaty hands. We all dance. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> let me see what I got here. I was like, <laughs> I have questions. Oh, I can kick off, not kick off. Mm-hmm. We've already been talking for time. <laughs> sure. Um, but I can keep going yeah. with some initial thoughts okay. that are no longer initial, but I'll yes. make it like a speedy run. Okay. I did not realize that Magic Eye was created by programmers. Those books from the 90s. Did you ever read those? No. You never read Magic Eye? No. What did you do in the 90s? Um, watch Mary Kate and Ashley films. We are going to the library. Magic Eye? This week. I read Magic Treehouse. No, different, different. So Magic Eye, which is a, a huge part of the first chapter. It's like their bonding moment. There is a series of books. Oh, oh. You know what I'm talking about? I thought that was just the name of the phenomenon. No, well. I think it, maybe it is. Maybe it is. But the there's a you look at a picture and you try to see another picture. Yeah, in but there? That's, it's a series of books. Like oh. they would come out with new ones all the time. Oh. I would take them out from the library. That's why I don't. Oh. Um, but I didn't realize that was like made by programmers. Oh, I didn't know that either. <laughs> but they mentioned it in the book. And I was oh. like, I guess that makes sense. Because it's like the intersection of like science and art. The way all the ri- like game stuff was done was so fascinating. Yes. I loved it. I'm not really a gamer, but I played, I have played games. You I have owned consoles. You write for games. I, I do actually work in, <laughs> sort of work You're in game games. And I just thought it was so interesting. I didn't know about like engines yeah. and like how games are designed and made and marketed and like all that stuff. It was so, so interesting. It made me want to like look up game design, like video yeah. game design at like MIT or something. And so interesting. New career for us. Uh, well, shall we? Shall we? Add it to the list. I couldn't do all the actual stuff. The actual like science stuff. Mm, I could yeah. do what Marx does, which is just like produce. produce. Yeah. Where I just like produce. occasionally come up with one good idea. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, one of my uh, initial thoughts. And then my last initial thought that we have not talked about already mm-hmm. is just the general moral of the story for the game, which I, you can disagree with me, but what mm-hmm. I took away- For the game or for the book? For the book, <laughs> for the whole book, which is about games. The moral of the story for the book. Why did I write game on my notes? That's because why it's missing it's me up. all connected. Anyways, is that life is not a highway. <laughs> life is a game. <laughs> 
Death. <laughs> Everything in life is a game. Death, memory, life sex. is a highway, though. <laughs> I want to ride it all night long. But in this book... You're right. Life is a game. And you don't always win. And that's yes. lesson. And it... Sometimes you restart, and sometimes you die. And sometimes you can't restart. That's just the yeah. final level. And it's always... You're kind of making your own path. Making your way downtown. Walking fast. Faces pass. And I'm homebound. Exactly. <laughs> Another crazy LA thing. Is this real? The secret highway thing? Ah, that's my first question on my what? questions list. Is it real? Sorry, squeak. 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 Um, I think as a mini-sode, we should go look for it. I think we should. <laughs> I, Another on the road episode. I also don't want to die, though. Sorry, they gave us some that. hints, though. Because didn't they say it's in, like, Filipino town? Sure. With an unmarked sign. Mm-hmm. That's all I remember. Okay, we'll look at the signs. Yeah, we'll go look. Mm-hmm. Or it was I like that was fascinating. Ew, can you hear me eating boba? A little closer to the mic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that was probably really gross. <laughs> ASMR. That um, is, yeah, I want to know if that's real. But what an interesting, mm. also she made that up. What a cool thing to make that's up. That's a cool little piece of lore that you can yeah. just slip into LA culture. Either, if it's real, cool. If it's fake, cool. Also cool. Great choice. She's a win-win. Great job. Um, <laughs> what of the worlds that they created, like of the games that they created, slash parts of the stories are kind of told through the lens of a game, Um what are those worlds like did you like living in? Or did you prefer living in the like LA or Boston or, um, you know. That's funny. So one of my questions was going to be what game has stuck with you in your life? Well, you know, I, my rediscovery of The Sims has been yes. very important. That's happened in the last Maddie's five months. Maddie's in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie's I having a time. <laughs> owned The Sims. I had my Sims, which was like a baby version. Um, but I never had The Sims. And then I discovered in like may that the sims is free Mm -hmm. to download it's free we have not been able to pull her out of this void since okay i have not actually (laughs) been playing it all that much but i i'm like i tell everyone i can think of that it's free because what a joy and it is really fun to rediscover like just playing a game for fun i still have a hard time i always feel kind of guilty when i do it because i'm like i should be doing something productive. productive but it's nice it is fun. It's a bit mindless. Yeah. As we know, a mindless game to like get high yeah. and just like fiddle around with. Yes. Yeah, so we created a house and we had to recreate it because it crashed. Yeah. <laughs> and we tried to make like a floating tree house and it did not work. It didn't work. But it did not work. We'll figure it out. Our nautical bedroom for our children <laughs> did work. <laughs> Sometimes I get a little stressed because like I have to do all the stuff that I do in life, but in The Sims, like go to work and be good at my job and also somehow take care of my son but i have a son in the game fast forward through all of that so you that's can, good there are cheat codes and i should figure it out but um i just like any kind of like role-playing little gamey where you get to make a character mm. and choose their outfit and their house and their job just like little personal like dolls yeah it's like a personalization game yes yes okay, okay what about you a solid answer that's a good question Mm. Um, I feel like any of the tycoons were really mm-hmm. big for me. I really liked Zoo Tycoon because I was one of those kids that would make, I would fill the park, I would make it wildly successful, and then I would block all the doors and I would oh release all the animals. <laughs> and it, you would just, for like, you could watch it for like 10 minutes and it would just slowly unravel. Carnage. 
and and they had a dinosaur spinoff and so there I was remember that mm-hmm, and so you could do the same thing with the dinosaurs oh where you like God. got everybody in the park <laughs> and then you just took one section of the fence for every exhibit and you deleted it oh my god that's <laughs> insane i thrive on the chaos that kind of like controlled sort of a good way to exercise your demons, but mm. not actually hurt anyone. Yeah. The intrusive never, thoughts. I was never able to do that. I was always like, this has to go well. And I'm still like that with the Sims, <laughs> where I'm like, you could kill your Sims for fun or whatever. But I'm like, no. <laughs> I think what I told myself, though, is like, I could have been successful at this game. I was doing really well. That is a nice way to self-sabotage. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, I never know how successful I would have been. I could have taken over the world. Wow. But I wouldn't know because I... You could have been a real zoo tycoon. The zoo tycoon. The zoo tycoon. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So that's why I love the Citizen Kane of zoo tycoon. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. Crazy wild. Okay. Games are fun. I love the cozy gaming like Mm. thing. Just a fun little game. Kind of like. I don't know. Or it's like you tend to a farm or whatever. Like farm and people was... like get their little <sighs> switches and their little blankets and their candles and they play a cozy game. What's that other one that's like very cozy that people love? It's mm. like Farmville, but without the farm. Oh, the one that everyone played in the pandemic? Yeah. Island. No. <laughs> <laughs> but there are islands. Animal Crossing. Ah, there it is. It's Animal Crossing. <laughs> we haven't even finished. Well, you finished one glass of wine. I haven't finished. You got to hurry up. I'll work on it. I'm doing? thirsty. I can get you water. Do you want water? I have water. I should drink it. Wait. I'm not as um, losing as many fluids as I do as in the before. closet, though. <laughs> I'm not as sweaty. That's nice. Yeah, it's fun to not be sweating every time. Yeah. Although, what are we going to talk about? Because that was like <laughs> half of our conversation. <laughs> Probably be a lot more listenable. After it would be so sweaty. Okay. Book. We answered that question. We answered that question. Mm, mm. Um, what did you think of the, the section I alluded to with the line, which is the sequence where Mark's spoiler dies? I liked it. And I liked it too, and I didn't think I would. Let me tell you why. Maybe okay. you'll agree. Yes. Um, I liked it because, so there's a chapter in the book where the end of the previous chapter, you find out that like there's a shooter in the yeah. studio um, and Marks essentially ends up as the vic- like an accidental victim. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the original target, but he ends up as the victim. Because he's such a good man. He's trying man. to like talk the people down and like save all of his friends. And yeah. like, he like evacuates the floor and he's like the only one there. He like takes a bullet for the team really. Literally. Literally. But he gets shot. It cuts to the next chapter and the next chapter opens on like a bird what flying yeah. through the air and it's sort of this really beautiful imagery of like mm-hmm. this bird flying around and freedom and peace mm-hmm. and etc 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 and it's like written in the first person yeah and it's yeah. a very different style from the rest of the yeah book. And what i liked about it is it almost made me think because they say like there's all these theories about what happens when you die mm-hmm. um or like the period of time where like maybe you're sort of in between life and death or sort of that limbo phase and like your brain is dying or your brain is going through all these chemical changes or whatever. Mm. And it made me think of that. It made me think of like, you know, when your life flashes before your eyes, mm-hmm. like they say that that is a chemical reaction that your brain actually does go oh, through. Interesting. And it like releases a lot of chemicals at once. And that's why some people talk about experiencing seeing Whoa. all these memories at once. So it makes me think that this is just like a different visual representation of yeah. that process of him literally dying yeah um and like what his body is going through and what he's seeing i checked off all my little things oh oh my god can i'll ask i'll ask one or two questions okay just because i had some things written down (laughs) 
I was trying to remember the books. Whoa. Not to um, steal your thunder, but in the like other reviews and stuff I was listening to, people seem very divided on whether they hate Sadie Mm. and Sam. No one hates Marks. Or not. No, he's perfect. I thought she was often very annoying. He was often very annoying, but always in a way that like made sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I hate... I just hate when people don't communicate in stories and that's that's the the source of a conflict. Even though you often have to have that just as a device, but it's always frustrating. Communication, I feel like, can fix the majority of people's problems in life. Yes. You just have to learn how to do it and be brave. Um, So were you really annoyed by either of the characters? Oh, yeah. I skipped over your thought entirely. Uh, I didn't really like Sadie or Sam. I -hmm. thought, but in a way that sort of made them perfect for each other. Yeah. Because if you've ever watched, like... Have I ever talked to you about the show You're the Worst on FX? Yes. I love that show. Um, I watched an episode. I like it. It's, it's about good. two terrible people in LA mm-hmm. that like date and then they sort of are perfect for each other because they're both terrible mm-hmm. in the same ways. And that's why I thought that they worked. Mm-hmm. It's because it was like these two friends that were both toxic in their own ways. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of coexisting. Yeah. And Marx was perfect. But I didn't find either of them so unluckable. Like, I thought it all worked... Really well for the book. <laughs> Unlockable. 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 Organ. Unlockable. Organ. Uh, all right. Here's my last question. Okay. Ahem. So one thing that I found really interesting is there was another quote. I'm a quote girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that goes, memory, you realized um, long ago. No, I didn't. I was about to start singing the song from Cats. And then I decided not to be annoying, but then I still told you anyway. I thought you were going to just recite the entire quote. I was going to be so impressed. Um, Memory, you realized long ago, is a game that a healthy-brained person can play all the time. And the game of memories won or lost on one criterion. Do you leave the formation of memories to happenstance, or do you decide to remember? Mm. Think about the quote. Take in the quote. Okay. And the question is, how do you remember things? Because I had a conversation with someone recently um, where we were talking about how our brains work. And I mm-hmm. was explaining, like, in my brain, I have memories that are just, like, bouncing around in there. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I have no idea why they're in there. I have to sort of grab that memory and hold on to it and, like, look at it and be like, why did I keep you? Mm-hmm. And I have to, like, take that memory apart. And usually somewhere under the surface, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I kept that because... There's, uh, you know, this feeling of anger in there that I haven't addressed. And like, Mm. that's why that memory has stuck in my brain. So you're going through and cleaning up the files of your brain. Kind of. Yeah. But this other person I was talking to was like, no, like I like almost choose to remember things. I'm having a good moment and I'll sort of be at a moment in time and I'll be like, I want to remember this and I'll keep that memory. I'll download it almost. And like, so they know where all those memories come from and why they're there versus me where I'm like, random things have stuck in there and I don't know why. And I'm going to reverse engineer it and figure out why they're in there. I don't think uh, anyone has that much control over their memories, <laughs> but because human memory is fallible and bad, but I think I'm maybe more of a, like, if you look at the desktop of your computer and there's just files covering the whole thing <laughs> and you're kind of like, I know where that one is, but I <laughs> might click on a couple of other things accidentally. Mm. But I think I, I mean, there's sometimes when I'm like, wow, I really want to remember this, but I don't really like file it away. I think I just... Mm. I think it's like a, almost like a storytelling thing where like later I'll be like, oh, let me kind of scan my files for like a relevant memory. 
and then I'll bring it, mm. pull that up and, okay. and tell the story. That's and then so some of the files get stronger because you keep replaying them mm-hmm. and whatever. They become one of your, they get added to your favorites list. Yeah, sometimes it'll lead me down a very weird rebel. <laughs> They're like, do you want to replay this memory again? You're like, yes. Fifth time this week? <laughs> yeah, <I'd love> to. <laughs> okay, that was my question. Cool. Shall we? We did a good job. I know. For for people that have been out of practice for this for many months. We're actually doing a really good job. Yeah, just, just so you guys know. Lewis. <laughs> never met you but come at me thank you for listening to the podcast we should invite lewis i've told him this to be a guest on one of the future episodes if you like what we spin on this wheel lewis hit hit us up hit, hit a us girl up. up hit hit a girls up girls girls up. marks okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so i think it's our time for our final thoughts yeah. on the book no it's time for games okay well Game. Okay. You do, we don't have to do games. Game. You seem unexcited about the game. Game. Fine. As a reminder, the game that we play is we we don't have a name for the game, but we go to reviews online. Oh, Roger had a name. What was it? Two stars and a lie or something? Something? One star and one a lie. One star and a lie. Yeah. Um, we'll have to consult him. Mm-hmm. But the game is that we pull one star reviews from Amazon and... Then we also write a one-star review, mm-hmm. and the other person has to guess which are true and which are Our ones that lie. we made up. Mm-hmm. So there's three batches normally, um, three in each batch. Mm-hmm. That is the structure that we have stumbled into. And this week, it's my turn. So here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> I'm going to move this so you can't see them. Okay. <clears throat> Cassidy. Yes. What a horrendous read. Absolutely pretentious and pushing the woke agenda throughout the whole thing. Oh my God. Every controversial topic you can think of was jammed into this book. <laughs> like being not white. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sadie, our main character, is very pretentious and has pick-me vibes. Oh, Sam was God. a simp the whole book and he never grew a pair. And not to mention how flat the characters really were. I felt like I really knew nothing about them except <laughs> who did this person read the book? Sorry. <clears throat> I feel like I really knew nothing about them except superficial things and their endless trauma and what I describe above. Also the two white homophobic shooters. I can't with that. Really? <laughs> I mean, look, I also can't with that in real life, but unfortunately but that's what it usually is. <laughs> they were very upset by this. They go, I can't with that. Really? Dead ass. They are simply described as White boy dressed in black with red bandanas. The woke life is strong with this one. Oh my God. That was Cassidy. Next one is Tracy. She goes, the characters were one dimensional at best and just really unlikable. The ones the author bothered to give personalities to, that is. They remain hateable to the very last page, which is a lot of pages. 400, but it feels like 1,562, 943 pages. Mm. Seven's writing style can best be described as I should use this obscure essay to vocabulary oh in a God. sentence. I recently read Henry James and I had to consult the dictionary fewer times for a book written in the 19th century than for this one. Oh, and there was that one weird chapter and you know which one was just confusing and it disrupted the entire flow of the book. What editor decided to keep that in? Trees died for this book to be printed. I am upset. Wow. So there's that one. And then the final one is from Kichi. And they go, 
As a gamer girl myself and a child of the 80s, I can confidently say this author has no blurpin' idea what she's talking about. Blurpin'? It's riddled with inaccuracies and inaccurisms. Makes me think the author didn't complete MIT's Game Lab intro. Perhaps it's because... She went to Harvard. Perhaps it's because I'm a girl and I know this world and I'm protective of it. Or perhaps Gabby, she probably goes by that, is a poser. <laughs> what a weird burn at the end. She probably goes with Okay, um, I'm going to go with my gut and say that you wrote two. No. Oh my God, you get me every time. <laughs> what, what, is, what did you write during the write, last one? You wrote blurpin'? Blurpin'. You thought of the word blurpin'? I knew that would throw you off. It did. Yeah. You're so good at this. It's kind of scary. Thank you so much. Oh my God. <clears throat> blurpin'. Blurpin'. <laughs> <laughs> make it catch on okay. um batch two it's a bit shorter so the first the first review goes there's no names for these ones one of the single worst sex scenes i've ever read i'll just pop it here and it will explain itself <laughs> okay. the, bra- the brackets are the authors not mine she put her hands between his legs wrapping her fingers around the cylindrical chambers of blood sponges that was his and every man's penis wow i don't remember that, that i really don't remember this was? either i don't even know if this is in the book it's kind of wild he felt the corpora cavernous commanded by nerve messages from his subconscious brain fill up with blood and the tunica albogini membrane the penis's straitjacket trapped the blood inside okay um Okay, review number two. Who hurt this woman? <laughs> All of her descriptions of friendships are like toxic, tragic, or thin. Has she ever been to summer camp? <laughs> okay. <laughs> the second one. The third one. <clears throat> the only place where real friendships are made. <laughs> True friends. True friends. The last one. Ultimately, the context of game design functioned much like a plumber turning up at the start of a porno. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> God, this is hard. <laughs> oh, I'm going to say you wrote two. I did. I finally ah, got it. Clap, 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 clap. clap, clap. clap. The summer camp hand. really, that was funny. <laughs> I'm glad you laughed, though. It made me feel good. Have you been to summer camp? Yeah. Oh, well, I ended up, I went to a couple of summer camps in my town mm-hmm. because my mom needed to offload me. But there was mm-hmm. one summer where I went to a Christian summer camp. And it was a sleepaway camp. And it was That's the fun. best camp I've ever been to. I bet. I think it doesn't matter what religion hosts it. Well, maybe probably Sometimes does. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it does. I, I think a, a Jewish summer camp is pretty a pretty safe bet. It's going to be awesome. A good time. I only like Christian, this one. you never know. <laughs> Christian, I think this one was good because some Christian camps and institutions get a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this one got a lot of money and yeah. so it had more activities. And so some like, are less Christian than the others. Yeah. I think yeah. that we definitely did like some Bible stuff, like Bible reads and like whatever. But I think I, I blocked those out of my brain. And I only remember doing like the worm thing. <laughs> right? Is that what it's called on the lake? The move? Oh, <laughs> you meant the dance <laughs> no, move. The, oh, the blob? The blob. That's what I've it only is. heard of this. I've never been on a blob, God, you unfortunately. Do the blob. You do the I blob. never went to sleepaway camp. Ever? I went to like outdoor school where we got to stay there for a night but that's not the same yeah and i did like day camps and stuff but i think that i got my summer camp kicks from going to catholic retreats in high school (laughs) where would you go for catholic retreats um they had this thing they did every year that was like a weekend and it was like it used to be in this kind of beautiful like camp 
in the cask or in the yeah in the cascades um like in the in the valley and like by a river and it was great because we we're all teens and so there was a lot of like I mean there was a lot of like really catholic stuff but then there was a lot of like there was a lot of emotional manipulation so you would like have, feel a lot of feelings but then there was also like you were surrounded by other teens so there was always like emotional or like you know um romantic intrigue all right last batch okay well, ready? yeah Beatrice is the first one. Beatrice. DNR, unless you want to be lied to. <laughs> Zevin hypes up this Sam and Sadie meet cute in the first chapter, and the two of them never even get together. <laughs> what is the point? So that's the first one. Mm-hmm. Michael does the next one. He goes, a book that felt more and more like punishment to read as it progressed. <laughs> and then the last one is Phoebe. She goes, I rarely leave book reviews. But this book was awful. Incredibly slow and anticlimactic. I actually regret the time I spent reading this. I would choose dysentery over this book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say you wrote three. No. Was it one? It was one. Oh, Were you deciding between the two? I could see it in your eyes. But then I was like, I don't know if she would have made up the name Beatrice. <laughs> I sure did. She did. I sure did. And that was... That was my last review. I did think, like, the focus on the meat cute. I was like, maybe that's her. Mm-hmm. Wow. You're so good at this game. Once again. <sighs> I didn't get a perfect score this time, which is honestly disappointing, but... It's a win for me. It's a good starting point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me. We are good. Well, well right, I think that about sums it up. Would you say this book was a bestseller in your book? I actually would. I would put this. I would put this higher on the list than I have other ones in the And past. I've actually, like brought it up multiple times in the months since I read it and like recommended it to people and like connected with people over it. And it's a good book. Good book. Guess what? It's a good book. (laughs) Guess what? Stamp. Stamp. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Our new segment. Stamp. (laughs) And the answer is stamp. Yeah. Stamp or no stamp. Stamp or no stamp. Stamp it. Stamped. Stamped. <laughs> so this book has been stamped. Um, if you would like to find us on social media, you, oh, you can. Remembered. You can. And I just want to make sure that I'm telling you the right direction. <laughs> Someday maybe we'll make actually make our TikTok. Um, can't guarantee. I can barely post on bestsellers. Okay. Our Instagram is at bestsellerspod and that's it if you're listening to this you probably already follow us i don't think there's that many people who just found this podcast but if if you did thank you we love having you here maddie what can they expect to find on the instagram you can find a really lovely graphic that i make for every episode you can find snippets of the show that we think are funny you can find um little memes related to the content of the episode and you can find hopefully by the time you hear this um a tribute to the pod closet even oh yes yeah. we do need to post that and we love to hear from you lewis <laughs> <laughs> our favorite fan our favorite and only fan we love you we love you okay. i love you so much <laughs> Continue to bully Maddie so she stays on top of the social media posts. Yes, and we will never meet. You will meet. I keep trying to invite you to trivia so you can meet him. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) Do you ever do the trivia at Idle Hour? 
No, what day is that? Drag trivia. Oh, I've done that once. No, bingo. Just kidding. Drag bingo. I also have done that. Cool. Yes. But I think that is... A- Wednesday. Oh, so it is a different day. We should go. I go on Tuesdays Great. to our trivia. I'd rather do trivia, I think. Okay. Because you can come to trivia next time. And you meet okay. Lewis. Great. Hear that, Lewis? Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Lewis? I'm doing this for you, Lewis. <laughs> He's going to stop listening to this podcast. After this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Being harassed. You know what, Lewis, I'm really doing it for, though? Mm. The jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> Lewis. I'm not a jack-o'-lantern. I'm Lewis. This would have been funnier a week ago when it was still October. Well. But because we didn't get our crap together, here we are. Wake me up when November ends. <laughs> this has been bestsellers. <laughs> I think we've done everything that we need to do. I no, we haven't. <gasps> no, we have. We have. We're signing off. No. We have to pick the book. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've revoked Ooh. our stamp. Oh. <laughs> revoked. Unstamped. Wait, okay. I need my phone so I can look <laughs> Okay. Wait, do we know which uh, category we want? I was going to ask. This was fiction. It do was. Do nonfiction. Yeah. And let's hope we don't get a fucking Republican. We will veto it. If you're a Republican and you're listening, fuck you. <laughs> okay. That's how you build an audience. <laughs> okay. Eight. Huh. Huh. What? Out to Live by to Peter live. Atia and Bill Gifford. A look at recent scientific research on aging and longevity. That seems like it's going to be a fucking biohacker <laughs> book, but I'll read it so we can roast it. Maybe we'll learn something. Yeah. I was really hoping we would get The Woman in Me by Bernie Spears, but maybe Should we just time. decide to read that? <laughs> because Good. it's relevant and we want to read it? I do have the memoir on my iPad, so... Okay, let's read it. <laughs> <laughs> we control this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Lewis. <laughs> Tune in next week for The Woman and Me. Yes, thank God. Well, probably not next week. Two weeks. Yeah. Whenever. Whenever we do this. We might need to move the month. (laughs) We got to figure it out. Well, show us how much you love us. Hmm. And maybe we'll do it more. Hmm. Yeah, Lewis. Yeah, Lewis. So I hope you're ready for Britney's memoir. I already listened to a very detailed recap of it, but I I do need to read. You have to actually do the thing. By Michelle Williams. By the... The Michelle, Michelle Williams. Williams. I won't tell you which one. Um, reads the audiobook. Oh, Isn't that wild? That's a weird choice. It is a weird choice. Hmm. Who would you have chosen? To read Britney's audiobook? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, Michelle Wolf. Interesting choice. I think that because Britney has a would weird be voice. a bit shrill. I think Britney has a weird voice, and I think you need to choose someone <laughs> with an equally weird voice. <laughs> uh, who? Oh, exactly. gosh. Who else would be? Does that help your process? Um, I, <laughs> I should have done it. Oh, Maddie. Yeah. Offering her audiobook services. Okay, now we can sign off. Okay. Ooh, ooh. This has been Bestsellers. I'm Maddie. I'm Tyler. And this is best best sellers we love you Lewis (laughs) (laughs) goodbye I'm sorry that's probably so weird (laughs) he's he's another wildly uncomfortable (laughs) I'm so sorry (laughs) bye bye